Join me. Join me as we pray together. Lord, thank you for this day that you have blessed us with. We come into this room today with hearts full of praise, hearts with all kinds of emotions, and we just lay them all at your feet as we worship you today and, and rejoice in the beauty of your holiness. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy. And may we celebrate that today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us for worship today. Thank you for being here. We welcome you, especially if you're a guest, we welcome you. And I always want to remind you that you have a gift out on the Welcome Center as you walk out today, out in the foyer on the Welcome Center, far end of the Welcome Center. There's a gift there in a little bag and some other information inside that bag. Just feel free to take one of those as you leave today. But we welcome you, and we pray that all of you here, all of you are watching by live stream, we welcome you, and we pray you feel God's presence as we worship him today in spirit and in truth. And I'll remind our decorating committee, we meet briefly at the little chapel after the service today. I wanted to make sure I didn't send a reminder. So if you're on that committee, meet us over there after the service today. But thank you all for being here today. We love you, and we've, we're grateful that you're worshiping with us today. Why don't you stand and greet those around you, and then we'll join in singing together, Shine, Jesus, Shine.
and he is the way, the truth, and the life. Join us as we continue in worship together.
God, that our fear doesn't stand a chance when we stand in the power of his love. And I'm so grateful that you are here today. We welcome you into this place. We welcome you. If you are a guest, thank you for coming to worship with us. If you're worshiping with us online, thank you for tuning in to watch our service. I know we have folks in many different places worshiping with us. We are so grateful for your uh, attendance, even if it is online. Thank you for being here. 
I'm so grateful that we are a praying church. And today I know there are many of us here in need of prayer. There are families grieving and hurting, our church family grieving and hurting over the loss of, of dear members of this church family. And, and I know today that the only way any of us can make it through is tapping into his power, placing our faith and trust completely in the Lord Jesus Christ and asking his grace to be sufficient and his power to be made perfect in our weakness. And if you would like to come today and, and pray at this altar or, or stand and pray from wherever you are, I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? pray together father what a what a joy what a privilege to be able to come to your house to worship with other believers and father even though we come from many different backgrounds and many different upbringings many different situations many different professions many different walks of life what brings us all together is Jesus Christ. And Father, we know that Jesus is the only one that can hold us together when we feel like our lives, our situations are falling apart. Thank you for being the glue that holds us together. And Father, this morning we come with grateful hearts hearts filled with gratitude and thanksgiving but we also come with great pain and great loss father i, I want to lift up a, a special prayer for the lippert family and the loss of tommy father as i've heard so many say to me this morning one of the pillars One of the pillars of this church. Bless his wife, Ann, and bless father, his daughter, Jennifer, her husband, Mark, and their children, and Miss Mary Lippert, God, wrap your arms around them, and may they feel your peace and your love. Father, comfort this church. because we're hurting today. Father, I pray for my friend, my brother in Christ, Alex Smith, Father, that you would comfort he and his daughter Madeline, their family, and the loss of his mom, Ann Smith. Father, may they feel your comfort and your strength and your love as they grieve. I know they're hurting today, but yet they're here worshiping you. Bless them, I pray. Father, I pray for folks that are hurting. I pray for 
the Bray family and the Bennett family. I pray for Eric Bray and Angelina and Jamie Bennett and the loss of Connie, their mom, and pray that they might feel your love. And Father, I pray for the Badgett family as Pat Badgett is at the threshold of passing into her eternal life. Oh God, so many people are hurting today and need your touch. And Father, I'm grateful for successful surgeries in some of our members this week. And Father, I pray for continued healing to be upon them. And Father, I pray for all of our students that have gone back to school, whether it be elementary school or middle school, high school or college or some moving into the workforce. Oh God, bless them, I pray, that they would know they're never alone, that you promise to be with us wherever we go. Bless them, comfort them, I pray. Father, I pray for so many today sitting in these pews that are going through things that I'm sure I have no idea about or many of us do not know what each individual is struggling with today, but you do, God. Meet them, meet us right where we are and give us a peace that only you can give. And Father, if there are folks watching or in this room that have never accepted Jesus Christ into their heart to be their Lord and Savior, may today be the day of salvation for someone, for many, because you're our only hope. Father, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to to move, that you would sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists. God, that you would speak through your servant. When I am weak, may I be strong through Christ. Father, we love you and we thank you for this church family and the bond of love we share through Christ. Have your way, we pray, in the strong name of Jesus, amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to John chapter 5? And as you're doing that, I'm grateful the choir will be coming to lead us. Thank you to our worship team for leading so beautifully. And we hear the choir prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. Begin with verse 1 of John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One was there, had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, He asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. 
while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. This is the word of the Lord and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all for that beautiful message and song, and thank you for being here today and allowing the presence of the Lord to be in this place. Um, I don't have a joke as much as a, I thought, a cute story that I read uh, not long ago about a, a little boy, Brian, who was six years old, had just gone to his first day of first grade, and he was more than a little bit anxious about going to his first day in first grade, even though he had mastered kindergarten, and now he was ready for his next step of higher education and going into first grade. Well, as he was at school around 10.30, little Brian uh, began to look at the clock, and it seemed like the day was dragging on. And finally at noon, when the the bell sounded. Little Brian was thrilled as he got up with his classmates and went out the door and went down the hall and, and went out onto the playground. And then little Brian kept going as he saw the gate of freedom from the school. And as he was headed toward the gate, a very alert teacher stopped him and she said, Brian, why are you leaving so early? And little Brian said, well, Miss Stewart, I heard the bell. It's time to go home. And she said, Brian, you're in first grade now. Did you not know that you don't get out until 3 o'clock? And little Brian said, no, I didn't know. And he lowered his little head, and, and he was dejected and, and kind of down. And, and with great thought, he looked back up to his teacher, Miss Stewart, and said, I just want to know who signed me up for the whole day. <laughs> and that's how it is, isn't it? We don't always sign up for the pain. We don't sign up for the grief. We don't sign up for the trouble. We don't sign up for the pressure, we don't sign up for the situation, we don't sign up for the stress. We just have to learn to get through it until it's time to go home. In our scripture passage today, we, we see someone who's very fragile. Have you ever gotten a package in the mail that said, fragile, handle with care? Have y'all received a package that's usually to alert the postal service or the delivery person that the contents inside the package are breakable or the contents are delicate or they are fragile. So handle with care. Would you all not agree with me that we could all easily say life is fragile, handle with care or handle with prayer? Life is so fragile. Many times through scriptures, we saw Jesus interacting with broken people, fragile people, outcasts, people that were sinners, people that were struggling. And that's where you would find Jesus. You would find Jesus with these people. And in our passage of scripture today, we see Jesus in Jerusalem for one of the festivals, the Jewish festivals. There were 
three major Jewish festivals that were festivals of obligation. It was Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And we're not exactly sure which one of these feasts were going on, but John always recorded Jesus attending these festivals, not out of duty or a burden, but Jesus attended with delight and with blessing. He enjoyed worshiping with his people. Is that not how we ought to come to church, not out of duty or feel like we have to go, but because we want to be there worshiping with other Christians, our one true Lord? That's how we all should want to come to church. Not a burden, but a blessing. They're not a uh, something that we dread, but it's a delight. That's how Jesus was there. And when Jesus went into the temple at Jerusalem, he went in by the sheep gate. Remember, there were temple sacrifices. And so this is where sheep or, or lambs or animals would be sacrificed in the temple. And there at that gate, there was a pool. It was a pretty deep pool. Probably people could have uh, swam in it. They could have gone to swim in this pool. And it's believed that there was a subterranean pool or spring underneath that ever so often that spring or that subterranean uh, pressure would begin to move the waters. And people believed that an angel had come down from heaven, and when that water was troubled or stirred, they believed that the first one who jumped into the water after that water was troubled or stirred would be healed. So that's why there was a great multitude of disabled, blind, uh, paralyzed, all kinds of people struggling fighting for the opportunity or the chance to jump in the water when the water was troubled or the water was stirred. It's amazing that some have called it Beth Zeda, which meant House of Olives. Others have called it Bethesda, which means House of Mercy. I kind of like both House of Olives, House of Mercy. You know, I, I always think of this church as a house of mercy. Is there not a person here today that doesn't need mercy? We all need mercy. We all need God's grace. And I pray that we never get to the point where we think we are beyond God's mercy or beyond God's grace because we all need it on a daily basis. So in this story, we see all these fragile people. And there's one man in particular who had been an invalid for 38 years. For 38 years, this man has been an invalid, struggling. And I wonder how many of you are here and you've been an invalid in some way for many, many years. You too have been paralyzed by fear or anger or unforgiveness or 
or maybe some addiction or, or some struggle and, and, and you've been in this condition for a long time. Well, how did Jesus minister to the fragile, to the broken? How are we to minister to the fragile, to the broken? Well, the first thing we see Jesus doing is, it says in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there. First thing, Jesus sees the man. Jesus saw the man. That's the gospel, isn't it? Jesus sees every single one of us, and Jesus died for every single one of us. That's the gospel message. So many times we think, he doesn't see me. He doesn't care about me. He wouldn't know what's going on in my life. This man had been an invalid for 38 years struggling. And again, many of you are here and you've been struggling maybe with an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction or a gambling addiction or a pornography addiction or, or maybe an eating disorder or you've not spoken to a family member for years. You've been divided. You've been separated. There's some of you here and you've allowed pride to, to get in the way and, and no one wants to be the first to break down and say, I'm sorry or forgive me. And, and you pretty much have been a spiritual invalid or maybe you have been contained by a, an emotional or a mental health problem and, and you find yourself in this state of paralysis wondering if you're ever gonna to get any better but know this jesus sees you today and i think about out of matthew chapter 10 verses 29 and 30 when jesus said are not two sparrows bought with a penny yet not one of them falls to the ground outside of the Father's care. And he even has all the numbers of your, or all the hairs on your head numbered. Some of us, it's easier for him to count the hairs on our head. But know this, if Jesus cares about the sparrow that falls, you would read on in verse 31, so do not be afraid. How much more does he care about you and me? And some of you are here and you think he doesn't care, but he does. I think about the disciples on the boat when the unexpected squall came out of Mark chapter 4. And, and you remember Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat. And in verse 39 of, of Mark chapter 4, or verse 38 rather, the disciples ran to Jesus and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Some of you are drowning today. And you're saying, do you care, Lord, that I'm drowning in my depression and my anxiety and my fear and my alcohol addiction and my drug addiction and my marital problems and my temptations? I'm drowning. Do you care? And the fact is, he does. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Know how much he cares for you today. He loves you, and because he sees us, we are to see others. Sometimes we can get caught up in our own pain, in our own uh, anxiety, in our own fear, 
in our own situation, in our own paralysis, that we have blinders on and we fail to see everyone else's problem. Let me tell you, there's someone struggling more than you are today. There's someone hurting as much as you are today. There's someone in need as much as you are today. And yet we are to see those people and love those people. I'm so grateful that Jesus saw the man lying there, and I'm thankful he sees you and me, aren't you? Now, some of you all might be trying to hide from him. <laughs> Do you remember in the Garden of Eden when God said you can touch eat of any fruit in this garden but the tree in the middle it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat of it you will surely die y'all remember that and what did they do the devil came in the form of a serpent he tempted them they ate they realized they were naked they heard god walking in the garden and you remember what they did when they heard the lord god they hid and jesus or the lord said to them god said to them in Genesis 3, 9, where are you? First game of hide and seek. He knew exactly where they were. He was saying, I see you. Where are you in your relationship with me? Where are you in your relationship with the Lord today? Because if you wear your need to be, then we're going to see Others through different lens, through different eyes, through different perspective. I'm so thankful that this is a loving church that sees people in need. I'm so grateful. I don't know if y'all finally, you know, y'all brought peanut butter forever. I shared it a few weeks ago. Did you know the final total of peanut butter for the waves of mercy to help the hungry in Haiti? You all collected 1,603 jars of peanut butter. We were trying to get to a thousand, and you all collected six. That's a lot of peanut butter. Did you know you all have seen the hurting people in Floyd County and the gap in Eastern? They filled up two big high van fulls of water bottles and bleach and cleaning supplies and rubber made containers because you saw people that were hurting. I'm so grateful that you all on a regular basis bring in food for the manna house across the street to help the hungry. I'm so grateful that we have a group of ladies that make prayer shawls to take the hurting people, people in the hospital, uh, people struggling, or, or maybe to celebrate the birth of a child or to minister to someone. I'm so grateful that we have a ministry at this church that's going to be starting here in a couple of Mondays, grief share to minister to people that are hurting and people that are grieving. I mean, the list goes on and on of opportunities for us to see people when they're hurting, to see people when they're struggling. Jesus saw him lying there. And when he learned that he had been in that condition a long time, Secondly, Jesus shares hope. Jesus shares hope. He said the last part of verse 6, do you want to get well? Doesn't that seem like an unnecessary uh, question? Doesn't that seem like an obvious? Do you want to get 
well. Well, it may not be as simple as that. It's possible that because he had been in that condition for 38 years, he had lost all hope. He was in complete despair. He had lost his will. It's possible that he felt hopeless. Jesus wanted to be sure, do you want to get well? Two, the fact that maybe he had been begging for so long, he didn't have to work. He didn't have responsibility. Some people want to stay in their state because they don't want to come into the real world and see that I've got to have responsibility. i got to buy my food. I've got to work and support my family. I've got to take care of business. Some people get comfortable being in their condition. That's how they're known. Oh, that's the lady with this, or that's the man with that. Oh, that's the young person. We get labeled and stereotyped. I don't know about you. I don't like being sick. A couple of weeks ago, God gave me a wake-up call. I had avoided COVID two and a half years, and, and finally, as many of you know, I got it. And I tried my best to follow not only what the doctor told me, but Warden Kelly, my wife, <laughs> she said, you can stay in the bedroom or you can go out on the back porch. And when I came out of the bedroom, I had to go unclean, unclean. <laughs> unclean, and the girls would go diving in their bedroom and stuff. I mean, I wanted to say, I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. <laughs> But there I'd go out on the porch, you know, and just hang out on the porch. Or, and then I'd start trying to walk. But I wanted to tell you, I did not like being sick. Some of you are here today, and you have gotten so comfortable being sick. Being sin sick. I had a lady that came into my office once, and she said, my grandparents were alcoholics, my parents or alcoholics, and I'm an alcoholic. And I said, isn't it time to break the cycle? Isn't it time to start fresh and anew? Several years ago, John Baker, not our John Baker, but John Baker, who began the ministry called Celebrate Recovery, John Baker out at Saddleback Church in Southern California in 1991 felt God's call to start Celebrate Recovery, to give a Christ-centered recovery program to people that were struggling with a hurt or a habit or a hang-up. And, and it was there that the first principle or, or the first choice that people can make in that program, Christ-centered recovery program, number one is realize I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do wrong and that my life is unmanageable. And then the second choice or the second principle is to believe that God exists earnestly 
believe that God exists and that my life matters to him and that he has the power to help me recover. Do you all believe that? He has the power to help you recover today. But we have to realize that we're not God. And we can't do it on our own strength. But we can do all things through him who gives us strength. I remember one time a guy telling me, I I don't want to hand out, I want a hand up. Well, we're happy to give anybody who wants a hand up a hand up. But God gives you and me the ability to take a step to want to get well. Jesus said to the man, do you want to get well? And like many of us would do, he made an excuse. The first thing he said, sir, I mean, he was respectful. Sir, I don't have anyone to help me into the waters when it is stirred. He was thinking temporary, shallow, Nobody will help me. I've been here in invalid. Nobody's going to help me. I've had people to call me, went and helped and said, I've asked such as I've called this church, that church. Nobody will help me. Nobody will help me. But I want you to know today that Jesus speaks blessings with authority. Jesus speaks blessings with authority. Now, a couple verses going back I intended to share on the last point is that we know that we place our hope in the Lord, but those, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Hebrews 6, 19 We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, just as an anchor holds the the boat, the ship in place, our faith in Jesus holds our lives in proper position and in place. That's what our faith does when we hope in the Lord that holds us into place. But then Jesus speaks blessings with authority So when he said, sir, I have no one to help me into the waters when it started, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat, and he began to walk. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus spoke a blessing. He didn't say, Bless your heart. (laughs) You've been there a long time. I hate that for you, buddy. (laughs) And we've all said it, haven't we? And we haven't known what to say or do. We've, We've talked about bless your heart is universal. Bless your heart, you know. When we don't know what else to say, bless your heart. Jesus said, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. He was speaking a blessing and with authority. You remember at the beginning of the Great Commission out of Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to Jesus. All authority. 
Just like the remainder of that story in Mark chapter 4, when that unexpected squall came, when that storm came, and Mark 4:39, when they said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? What did Jesus do? Quiet, peace, be still. And immediately the wind and waves died down and it was completely calm. And he looked at his disciples and said, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Just like the, that was authority, wasn't it? Go on over in chapter 5 of Mark, and we see a man who is possessed with an evil or impure spirit. Remember the man who was living in the tombs, the garrison tombs. And, and you remember that he was called Legion because there were many. But Jesus said to him in verse 9 of Mark chapter 5, Come out, impure spirit. And even, and Bill Durant sent me that devotion that you had earlier this week, even the demons had to ask for permission to enter into the pigs. So about 2,000 of them that went running down the side of the mountain and, and were drowned. Y'all remember that? They had to ask for permission. That's authority. That's power. And we have to know that we are to speak blessings over people with power and love and authority because Jesus Christ does that for us. Maybe he's telling you today, it's time to get up. You need to quit letting your tires and wheels spin and that position you've been in and that addiction and that bad relationship and that financial problem, that uncontrolled spending and, and that gossip and that slander and that negativity. It's time to get up. Get off that bed of affliction. That bed's been carrying you long enough. It's time to get up off of it and carry it as a testimony. I'm no longer on it. I'm carrying it, or better yet, God's carrying it. And I'm going to start living and walking for Jesus who gave his life for me. Life can be hard. And I want to close by sharing this with you all. For those of y'all who didn't know, Tommy Lipper, one of our members that passed away on Friday, and I give God the glory that I could be there with Tommy when he passed, praying with him and holding his hand. And Bill Tabor, who was like a brother to Tommy, was there too. And if I failed to mention in my prayer, and I might have, forgive me, Janice Williams and her husband Larry, I want to lift them up in prayer. And, but Ann was there, and, and Tommy's daughter Jennifer, her husband Mark. But Tommy has been such an inspiration and encouragement to me for the 24 years I've been pastor from day one. From day one, Tommy came up to me and he said, I'm going to go visit with you. We're going to visit everybody in this community, and we're going to get people that have gotten out of church to come back, and we're going to visit people that are hurting and struggling. And, and for years, every Monday night, we would go visit. I, I, I would wonder how many of you all received a visit from Tommy Lippert and Bill Tabor before joining this church. A bunch of you, I'm sure. 
And I remember those times, lean times across the street, and I was doubting, and, and I was single and, and wondering what God had in store for me. I remember Tommy looking at me in front of the, the little church across the street, the chapel, and he said it with authority, and he spoke blessing, and he said, don't you worry about the horse. You just load the wagon. And we've been loading the wagon all these years, knowing that the Holy Spirit is the one pulling us and guiding us. And the second blessing, and my son just got out his little cap. Do you remember when Tommy worked with my son Isaiah and Clark Bourne and Tabor Valentine, baseball, we do drills and batting practice, and he wrote on the underneath bills of their hats, give out, but don't ever give up. Give out, but don't ever give up. And my friend gave out, but he never gave up. And if I could hear Tommy right now, he'd be saying to you the same thing. You keep on keeping. You give out, but don't you ever give up. This paralytic was there for 38 years. It would have been easy for him to have given up, but he didn't. And Jesus came into his life, and he was radically changed. Did you know Jesus can do that for you today? He can radically transform your life. And all you have to be willing to do is follow him. Just pick up your mat and say, I follow you for the rest of my life. Are you ready to do that even now as we pray together? Father, I pray if there are people here today and they've never picked up their mat. They've never first gotten up and picked up their mat and began to walk with you. I pray, God, that this would be the day. God, maybe there's some wonderful Christian people that just are in a situation that's paralyzing them. Father, we try to hide from you and others, but we can't. Just as Adam and Eve's sin found them out, our sins find us out too. And while we can fool some people, we can't fool you. You know us inside and out. And Lord, I pray today that someone would finally say, yes, I want to get well. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get well. Lord, I pray if there's someone here and they've never given their heart and life to you, that today they might come and say, you know what, I've really never surrendered my all. I've, I've given a little bit, but not my all. And I'm ready to say, Lord, have your way because it's better than mine. Mine isn't working. Oh, Lord, I pray today if there are others who are here and they're looking for a church, a field hospital for sin, sick, and hurting. This isn't a club for the righteous. We are all broken people. We're all fragile. 
but you can take those broken, fragile pieces and make a beautiful picture. Help us, oh God, today to trust you that, that you know better than we what we need. Or Lord, maybe there are Christians that just need to recommit their life and say, I've gotten off track. I've, I've used COVID as an excuse. I've, I've just gotten out of the habit and, and it's time for me and my family to get up and get back to church and get back to serving the Lord. Oh God, move us. I pray, may we listen to hear your voice, and may we get up and respond in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand, and we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. I hope and pray that you will come. If you're watching and you are making a decision, contact me or church office. It would be our privilege to pray with you. Won't you come as we sing together, have thine own way. Thank you all so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I hope that you will leave here encouraged and know that God loves you and he sees you even in this great big world. He sees you and what you're going through. And if there's anything I and we can do to help you, please contact us and we'll do anything we can do to try to help you to grow in your faith and to get through until we hear that final bell ring and we all get to go home. But I want to remind you of a couple of opportunities. Next Sunday night, there will be a ministry fair. And you're like, what's a ministry fair? Well, it's the first time we've done that particular event. 
uh, down in our fellowship hall, we're gonna have ministries and Sunday school classes represented. If you've been visiting this church or even if you've been coming for years and you're like, you know what? I've never gotten involved in a Sunday school class or a small group or a discipleship study or to find out what ministry opportunities are. Maybe you're wanting to volunteer in the children's ministry or at the cross center ministry or youth ministry or sing in the choir or whatever it may be. I want you to come. It'll be a wonderful time of fellowship, six o'clock. We're also going to have uh, the Squeals on Wheels Hoggies ice cream truck here. <laughs> and then we're also going to have some inflatables for the children. It's for the whole family. So I hope you'll come and be a part. You can sign up to be a part of a table group, a small, just many opportunities. Next Sunday night at 6. Uh, don't forget, tonight uh, at 5 o'clock, our youth will be meeting. Hope you will bring your student and be a part of that. Uh, also, I know that right now, and maybe you've already seen the arrangements for Tommy, visitation four to seven here Tuesday night, funeral Wednesday at 11 here at the church. So uh, please be in prayer for, for the Lippert family and for all of us as we grieve. Anything else that I left out? Anybody have anything else? Thank you all for being here. Know how much God loves you, and we love you too. And Bill, if you would close this out with the song. Two quick prayers. We have a group of ladies heading down to Pigeon Forge from Discipleship 101. Be in prayer for them. Also, Martin and Julia Pinkston are headed to Jerusalem to work at the prayer center there for the next few months. Pray for them as well. But let's pray together. God, thank you for your faithfulness and your love. Um, you give us more than we deserve. Every day, you show us mercy and grace. Because of that love and mercy, may we show that to others. May we look through your eyes and not our own. Father, bless the ladies with traveling mercies as they go this week. And may they have a spiritually uplifting time together. Be with Martin and Julia Pinkston, God, that you would use them in a mighty way in Jerusalem at the prayer center. Keep them safe, protect them, and bless each one here, God, as we go from this place that we might um, get up this week and do something for you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>